0: Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. (laughs) We're not even on the same page. I don't even know. (laughs) <laughs> okay so uh welcome this- everybody welcome <laughs> welcome to the brandon and evan show yes indeed so we uh we had a little discussion before about what to talk about for podcast number 11 yes which i thought we were going to stop doing <laughs> yeah but we're doing the numbers but here it
1: is yeah um yeah we uh we had probably one of our our longest conversations uh about what we were going to talk about
0: yeah because we've never had. <laughs> I think that we both are having kind of a period right now with this last few days, at least I know for myself, where it's kind of like, don't really want to do anything, you know? So we thought, why not talk about what to do when you don't want to do anything?
1: Yeah, so out of the whole thing of us not knowing what we wanted to do, (laughs) not really feeling like we wanted to do anything, we decided,
0: well, there's the topic for our listening audience. Yeah, I think it's an important one. I mean, there's so many days where, you know you wake up and maybe you don't really have like a purpose for the day or you, you know, you don't really feel like doing some of the work you have to do, like maybe, you know, doing your painting or memorizing some lines or reading that script or doing your writing or whatever it is that you're supposed to do. And so, you know, what, what's something like, what, what do you do on those days and how do you deal with that? And, you know, sometimes you, uh, you know, I find for myself, I might do it reluctantly, Um, sometimes maybe I'll get going and I'll start feeling better, but not always. Yeah. I mean, I, I
1: mean, from my experience in terms of, I mean, there can be, there can be so many reasons why you don't want to undertake whatever it is your next project is. Um, for me, I think that the best thing to do is, is to do it at least do a little bit Mm -hmm. of something. Um, like for myself, I'm just feeling under the weather today. Everything's a little foggy. Everything's a little bit cloudy mm-hmm. in my brain. <laughs> um, but, uh, sometimes I, I, and I guess there's not going to be any really one solution for, for anybody, you know, when it comes to something like your health, whether that be physical, you know, emotional, mental health or whatever, you know, sometimes you just, you have a particularly bad day, Mm-hmm. or a couple of days, or who knows, maybe it goes on for longer than that. Um, but at the end of the day, you still have these things that you know, that you, you want to do these things that you know, you want to get done mm-hmm. that are important to you. And <clears throat> in, in my experience, the times when I've said, y'all, oh, you know what? Like, I'm just, I'm not feeling, not feeling good today. I'm, I, I'll, I'll just give myself a break. I'll just give myself
0: a break. In a weird way, it almost makes me feel worse. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing I find is, um, and, and I'm guilty of this every now and then, right now, recently a little bit, but sleeping in, you know, in those mornings when you wake up and you're just not feeling super motivated and, you know, there's certain struggles going on in your life. And so you decide to sleep in and in the moment, it feels pretty good but after it feels terrible and you kind of wake back up and you've kind of overslept now. And it's like, I, I feel worse than I did when I woke up the first time. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. It's one of those, those situations I think of, um, you know, sh- you're, you're just looking at the short-term benefit yeah. as opposed to the long-term gain. Um, but like I said, sometimes there are things like I, I like I don't know like for my for myself just like in sort of feeling under the weather just like physically with like some sort of a bug. You know, sometimes the best thing to do is be like, okay, you know what? My physically, I am I am burnt out, mm-hmm. and I need to I need to rest somehow. With that said, it doesn't take very much for me to still sit down in front of the screen and bang out a half an hour of writing. Yeah. No, totally. You know, that's like, there's still, there's still things that I can do. Like it, again, it doesn't, sometimes I think it's a momentum thing. Yeah. Like don't let it kill your momentum, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's, and, and it's such an easy thing that we can make as, as an excuse. Yeah. You know, for ourselves uh, like, Oh, things aren't, uh, you know, I'm not feeling well or things aren't great right now. I'm just going to like, I'm just going to completely, you know, neg on, on everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And and then again, it's like, you just feel worse about it afterwards, at least in my, in my experience.
0: Well, you know, also the more you sit around thinking about something, about doing something and not doing it, the bigger it becomes, the more monumentous of a task it feels like. And right. so I think a lot of the time, you know, well, I'll share a couple of things. My dad used to tell me, and I think pretty smart, pretty smart guy had some good advice around a few things, but one was, you know, don't think about it, just do it. You know, if it's something you want to do, you know, you should do, just don't even think about it. Just go and do it. Yeah. Because the moment you start thinking about it, you know, have it be writing, have it being going, asking out that guy or that girl, have it be going and doing that thing, trying that task, whatever, you know, don't think so much about it. Just go and do it. Because once you get past all the thought, you know, all that stuff tends to get in your way. And he also would say another thing, which, you know, I, I'm reminding myself of, today is one, two, three, you know, just pick, pick the first thing you're going to do to get yourself out of bed and go do something. And, uh, you know, one thing that he helped me with was he's like, just get up and go make a coffee or go get a coffee or just get out of the house, go do something, you know, and the moment you start doing that one task and you have a mission, the next thing kind of becomes easier. And these might seem menial, like things that don't really matter, but they actually really help to start get going. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. And, and, that brings up a good point. You know, sometimes
1: that has been something I've done. Like, especially if I've I felt, you know, just like sort of uninspired or or not not confident in what in what I'm doing. And you know, those everybody has those bouts. You know, it comes and it goes, and it comes and it goes. The important thing is to you know know, is is to never lose sight of what it is you're there to do. And sometimes the best thing that I I, I could do and still do is if I'm stuck in some sort of, you know, some sort of a space, I'll go for a walk. Mm. Like, so that was something that, like, you know, your dad's advice is such yeah. amazing practical advice. And I know, like, I, I think Einstein used to just go for walks in the woods and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's incredible what something so simple can do to just kind of get you, get you out of a rut
0: yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of the time we think these little things don't matter, but they matter a lot, you know, and, and you think, well, I'm not getting anything done going for a walk or whatever, or thinking or whatever, but it's like, you know, sitting somewhere and not moving, I think, and just thinking if you, especially if you're in an inertia of not feeling very good, that's really, you want to get moving. You got to go up and do something. You know, my dad would also say like, you know, cause there's always reasons why people couldn't do something. Like, for example, let's just say, I'm just going to make it an extreme. Let's say you're in prison, right? You're actually in a cell and you can't move, right? But you're not feeling good, right? Because I mean, I I actually believe that you could feel good wherever you are. That's irrelevant, you know, because your space and everything you fill in is kind of something you, you know, you create dependencies on. But he would say, you know, just do some deep knee bends or do some push-ups or whatever. Get your body moving. And uh, I think, you know, I've, read a lot about Tony Robbins saying about that type of stuff to, you know, get yourself moving, right? And I think that it's, it's part of the problem is, you know, sleeping in or sitting on the couch or doing whatever, you're not moving, you're not doing anything. And that's part of what creates the problem. At least I know that's pretty true for me. Yeah.
1: And I mean, and our, our bodies are not meant to be stagnant things. No, you know, our bodies, our bodies are created really truly to move us through the world. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their really, their sole purpose is to move, move around and and take in the world. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that doing something and you know, I, 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 fear sometimes that we, we run the risk of, of sounding like we're like super like disciplinarians and it's just <laughs> like, no, it doesn't matter. You just got to do it. Yeah. I'm like, that's not really the place that I'm coming from. It's just like, it's it's acknowledging what we all know, is the truth of it, and that it's just like you know a a, a standing you know an object that's standing still will remain standing still, mm-hmm. you know. So do something. It doesn't mean it's got to be something crazy. Like I said, go for go for a walk. Maybe, like you can maybe it's actually a pampering of sorts. You know, I've we've talked about uh, Julia Cameron's artist way. Yeah. Um, and she always encouraged you go, taking yourself out on a date. Every week, mm-hmm. you know, by yourself, go out and and do something. Maybe maybe you just go and you like run a bath, have a shower. Yeah, you know, do something that actually like. There's all kinds of stuff that's actually proven like right brain activities to help mm-hmm. get your sort of creative mind, you know,
0: churning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think um you know also there's there's things in life like for the most part I'd say that. I, I'm pretty optimistic. I'm pretty positive most, most times And uh, currently part of the struggle that I've been having is, um, you know, (laughs) this month has been such an interesting month for me. My place flooded, my car flooded, like they both literally flooded. (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, I get in my car, it's all fogged up. I had to move my entire place around because my computer nearly got flooded from like the roof, which led in like two buckets. Uh, you know, um, there's just so much stuff. And then I have these massive paychecks that are coming in from these writing jobs. And then all my, all my, um, whatever the prepayments they give you are all delayed right now. And it's like, what the hell? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, no money's coming in right now. And so there's this part of me that's just like, what is happening in the world right now with me? And I think, um, you know, when that happens, sometimes it's really easy to kind of get discouraged and get out of your way. Like, just for example, something that keeps me really productive is, you know, I'll go to the cafe and I'll buy breakfast or I'll buy coffee or whatever. And I'll just sit down and I'll do some writing. And, and these last, this last week, especially just cause like, like I'm literally kind of like at my ends here with, with financially just for this month. I'm like, well, I don't really have the money to go and spend and do this, which is kind of crazy because it's like, you know, got all this other stuff coming, but I, but just not being able to get out and go and spend some money has been my excuse. You know what I mean? And I think that it's, it's showing me that there's a, there's a, there's an excuse I make when I don't have, you know, as much cash flow or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? So I think there's all sorts of ways in which we can, we can justify standing still or sitting still. And those are, you know, those are the things that sometimes get us kind of caught, you know? And then when you're sitting still, I mean, how much easier is it to have, you know, that crappy food and watch television and do stuff that's not so good for you and you know is not good for you and isn't helping you and actually kind of just holds you in that place, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, oh, I had a thought there. (laughs) I had a thought there and and then it just escaped me. But you know what we can talk about, Evan, is this delicious beer... It's uh, got a quite an interesting flavor. It's kind of smoky. Yes, it's in fact this uh this might
1: bring some clarity to that. This is from uh our good friends at Steel and Oak uh brewery in New Westminster. This is their uh smoked Dunkel Ah. So it's their so it's like a half. It's like a half of Weizen, but it's like a maltier, darker sort of like wheat I think that this, he says like basically just means dark. Like it's just like dunkel. Yeah. Like, I've, had, just... I've had dunkel yeah. before.
0: Yeah. So it is, uh, it's quite tasty. Yeah. It's nice. I, I like it's, it. It's, it's really good. I like it a lot. It's a, it's a, it's a different, it's a different tasting beer than I'm used to, but, uh, I would definitely recommend it as, as something like if you want to kind of venture out a little and try something, you know, and yeah, expand it's... your, expand your flavor like on beer. Cause it's definitely doing that for me.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely got a lot happening in it Mm -hmm. while still being pretty, pretty easy drinker. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. So, um, thanks. Uh, thanks again to our friends at Steel and Oak. Um, so moving,
0: moving back into our, well, I mean, look at the podcast, for example, right? I mean, starting this, you know, there's, uh, for example, both of us kind of woke up today. We had our challenges and we're like, okay, well, we're doing this. We said, we would do it. Let's go and let's meet and let's do it. And and I think that, you know, we don't make excuses around that. And we have this conversation and whatever it ends up being, it ends up being. And I think that we need to, and when I say we, I mean, everybody is treat these things that we commit to or want to do is more important than however we feel. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, This might sound very strange. (laughs) Say it. (laughs) I'm going to throw it out there. But no, it's like, I feel because there is, there is something, there is almost a magic that happens when you follow through on the things that you say you're going to do, even when you don't feel like doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it, it almost is an incredible opportunity. And it's like, you know, it, for me, it feels like, following through on things you say, it's like, you know, when, when you used to play Mario Kart (laughs) or when you still play Mario Kart every now and then I still get (laughs) it. Um, but you know, it's like, it's like hitting those, it's like hitting those little like speed pads, you know, that like, Oh yeah. You know, for me, it's like following through on the, on, on the things that you say you're going to do, not just for other people, but more importantly for yourself. You get that burst. You do, you get that burst. Like it, it, it helps to propel you. Mm -hmm. It helps to keep you going, you know, like when there's just these long stretches of sometimes a feeling like, like there's nothing happening. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that is one of the the things uh, like, and not to sound again, like it's like, Oh, be a disciplinarian. You got to be hard on yourself. I don't, I don't think that that's the situation. You know, you can certainly have, you know, some empathy and compassion for your own situation while continuing to
0: move forward and to make strides. And you don't have to make it difficult on yourself either. I don't think, I don't think you need to look at this as disciplinary either. I don't think you need to look at it as a hard thing. I think if you say you're going to do something, do it for the sake of the fact that you said you would do it. And however you feel now or felt then is irrelevant, you know? And I think that, you know, we live in a, we live in a place where so many people justify their decisions based on how they feel. Just to give you an example, I was hanging out with a friend who's from Toronto and she had organized a, she'd organized the lunch for me and another friend of hers and we were all going to get together and have some sushi and then play some pool. And the other friend, um, had canceled like literally just before the lunch. And, she said, Oh, well it's raining. You know, I, whatever. And it, and I was like, wow, fair weather friend. You know what I mean? Like, and the thing is to think about that, like are, you're going to, you know, you're going to make a decision just like you said you would do something and now you're, you're letting people down and maybe she justified it. Cause she said, Oh, well there's three of us. Like she'll still have company or whatever. But I think this, and she was telling me a little bit about this friend, which I still am not to me, but she said, this friend is really struggling with having friendships. And you know what you look at, she might not even be aware of this, but if she saw her behavior, like, of course she's struggling with friendships because people don't, can't count on her, right? She's, she can't count on herself. I mean, what kind of people are you going to attract when you do that? And I think that the type of person you are, if you continue to follow through with the stuff you say you'll follow through with, you'll start to attract people that do that. And you'll build relationships around you of people who you know, tend to be more solid, right? Yeah. And it's a way of building yourself up
1: too. Sure. You know, um, by following through on the things you say you're going to do, it's like, it has this subconscious effect of, of showing yourself that you get things done, Mm -hmm. you know, that you can, that you are, are a capable person Mm -hmm. and, and it's, and it's an actual, it's actually like a tangible thing you know, like where you show yourself that like, it's a weird thing that we have in our psychology or whatever it is, where it's like, you know, you don't feel like you can do anything. Well, by doing it, you've kind of just, you prove yourself wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and then you prove to yourself that you are more capable than you thought that you were.
0: Right. And if you continually say you're going to do stuff and you continually don't do it, of course, you're going to feel like you're not able to do stuff because every time you say you do it and that you say you'll do it and then you don't do it, you know, are teaching yourself that you won't do it. So when you say you'll do it, you, you're actually deep down, you know, you won't do it. And so the only way to break the pattern is to start doing it. And, uh, you know, I was reading something the other day and they were saying, do it with everything. Do it with things like, do it, just do it a hundred times a day. Just say, you'll do something and then go do it and make that thing like even half an hour later or an hour later or whatever. And just say, you'll do it and do it. And you can, you could retrain yourself in a matter of days. It doesn't have to take a long time, but you have to follow through with everything you say you'll do. Right. And do it just a little bit earlier, you know, cause you, usually when you say, I'll do it, right. And you say tomorrow, When you say it today, you feel a certain way. And when you wake up the next day, you don't feel the same way. And that's why you don't follow through the next day. But if you make it an hour, half an hour, a few hours later, your feeling might change, but you, 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 it's, it's a close enough gap where you're still kind of keeping your word. You know what I mean? And eventually you can, you know, theoretically get to the point where you could say, I will do something next year on this date and you will do it because, or even maybe next decade, because you build your words so much that you just know. And it starts small, you know, starts day to day. Like, you know, um, and, and I think the other thing too, is even if you mess up with one of them, don't ever use that as a justification, not to keep your word for everything else. Cause you might make mistakes. It's possible, but don't, like, it's almost guaranteed. Yes. But the thing is, is that just take that as like, okay, I messed up one out of 10 that I plan to do today. That's pretty good. You know what I mean? And try to get 10 out of 10, try to, you know, or whatever, hundred yeah. percent. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a process. And the more you do a hundred percent, the more you do that, the more you'll feel good. You'll get those bursts in life and, you know, you'll turn your whole, whole situation around.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and, and yeah, despite whatever might be going on with you, you're still, you know, you're still
0: honoring yourself, mm-hmm. which I think is important. Yeah. You you know, I think, um, it's that short-term gain, long-term pain or short-term pain, long-term gain. And I think when you're, when you're focused on what you want right now and what's going to feel good right now, it's usually misleading you. But if you're focused on what you're gaining, eventually, even though it might seem painful in the moment, that will start to feel really good. But I find that the feel good and the pain later doesn't ever no matter how good it feels right now, you're still, you know, there's pain coming later. Like, yeah. I mean, and those, like, you know, when you give into those sort of those short-term things, they're usually,
1: they're usually kind of like, you know, physical things. They're, they're types of, you know, you eat something or you drink or you, I mean, as we're drinking beer. Um, but no, like (laughs) you, you know, like you do these things and, and they are so temporary. And I think that that's why the pleasure that, you know, their pleasure is so fleeting you know, like it's, it's there for the moment and then it's gone, it's gone the next, you're still left with yourself Mm -hmm. at the end of it all. Right. Yeah. So you have like, it's, it's, I guess it's a shift in perspective that you need to create around things, you know, it's like where, you know, change ideas, like, Oh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, rehearse this monologue for the next half hour. It's like, you know, maybe you don't, you know, it's like, but you know, maybe that you're just looking at it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Why is it such a chore? Why is it actually difficult? Maybe you should like start telling yourself, like, no, this is going to be enjoyable because probably by the end of that half hour of working on it,
0: you're going to be like, oh wow, that was great. I can't believe I almost didn't do this. You know, that actually, it's interesting you say that because like this morning, like I read every day for half an hour, no matter what, always half an hour, never less than half an hour, sometimes more. And I woke up this morning and I was like, kind of groggy and I didn't really sleep too well last night. And I woke up and I decided, well, I don't necessarily want to get out of bed right yet. And I'm, and I was really struggling with that. So, you know, that was my bad, but I said, you know what, I'm going to stay in bed, but I'm going to do my reading right now. And I started reading it and then about, Five, ten, fifteen 10, 15 minutes in, I was really enjoying it. And then I ended up reading longer than half an hour and I just stayed in bed and I read. And now my writing or my reading is done for the day. And I don't have to even think about the fact that I'm going to do that at some point today, because, you know, I find there's something really powerful about getting something done in the morning that you said you would do, because now it's just off your plate. You don't have to worry about that anymore. That's done. And yeah. so now we can move on to, you know, uh, we can move on to just kind of doing what we want to do. But once you're in that momentum, I find, or at least I should say for myself, once I'm in that momentum, I find that I don't really want to satiate and do all these other things that are like just comfortable. I actually want to start, I want to go, okay, great. I did that. I want to build this thing. Now I want to do this thing. And then at the end of the day, you look back at the day, you go, ah, it was a pretty good day. I did, I did a lot, even though it started off kind of groggy and yeah, in the mud. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, that's, I
1: mean we we talked about this on a on a past podcast. Um but you know it's like I I do feel that there is a an importance in in people creating in everybody creating their own sort of um schedule, you know, like they're like creating uh you know, their like sort of how their day is going to go, you know, of just like everyday things that you do. I remember I can't, this is, oh, maybe it was only just like last summer or, or before that. And I was just like, I was in a really, it was like, I was in this exact thing that we were talking about. I was in this really bad mental state. I, I was like, I've got no, I feel like I'm, I'm not moving. I'm, I'm just stuck and stagnant. And, and I didn't want to do anything. Like I didn't want to do anything. I didn't, I didn't even want to sit on the T te- like sit on the couch and watch TV. <laughs> yeah.
0: I've been there. You know, like I yeah. didn't
1: like I, and it was such a, weird place to be in. And, and I just decided, it's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, going to get out of the house. From I'm going to get out of the house. I'm going to bring my, my tablet with me with my keyboard. I went and sat and sat at a cafe, had a coffee and I just started writing, you know, I just started journaling and, and I realized, and then I ended up doing it because it's like, Oh, you know, I, I should, I should create a schedule for myself. It was like, It's like, well, then let's do it right now. (laughs) Right. And this was like, this was all written. This is all written somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, I'm like, well, then write, then do it right now. Don't do it later. Do it right now. And it's like, oh, okay. And you know, I always had difficulties, uh, writing plans and, and schedules and stuff like throughout my whole life. I've like, it's something that I've always avoided doing. I've never wanted to do it. And I learned that the reason why I disliked the process so much was because I was always writing it based on what I thought other people wanted me to write, mm. you know, what of things that I thought I should be doing. Mm. And so instead I actually started creating, learned that when you're writing a plan for yourself, I mean, cause it is your life that you are living, <laughs> you know? it's got to be about what you want. It absolutely has to be, you know, so whatever that is to you, you know, you've got to, you've got to base it on that, hmm. like really, and it also helps you to really connect with the things that you truly want too. And then it also, that helps to keep you stay in a rhythm as well, because then you're like, oh, I don't want to do it. And it's just like, yeah, but this is, this plan that I put in place are all things to help me better become the person that I want to be. Mm. So it helps to kind of help you to keep sight of, of where, of what it is that you want to be, as opposed to just these individual sort of things on their own. It's like, no, this is all part of a bigger picture. Mm. You know, it's like, and, and by doing these things, I'm making myself more like that person.
0: Right. You know, that's really good. And I, I actually, I remember, I think it was a few years back. Someone was pointing out to me that if you're going to say play video games or watch TV or do something like that, schedule that in like a plan later. Don't be like right in this moment. I'm going to watch it because this is what I feel like. Because if you plan it later and you say this is my TV time, this is when I'm going to watch it, and this is how long I'm going to watch report. When that time's done, it's over, and you book it in. What what ends up happening is you're doing it because you intended to, you planned to, it was important to you. And you're not doing it just because of how you feel. And I think where most people basically betray their dream and their goals and the person they want to be is by making most decisions based on just how they feel as opposed to what do they really want, right? And you still, the beauty of that is you still get to do everything you want but you just don't do it based on your feeling. And that's going to be hard at first. Cause you're probably living a lot. Like, you know, we're all living a lot, like based on feeling for the most part. But if we change that relationship with ourselves, our feelings don't dominate us so much anymore.
1: Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's, you're saying that I I just thought of that line from, uh, from fight club, mm. you know, where, where he says to him, it's like your things end up owning you. Yeah. And you know, and, and that can be applied for a lot of sort of yeah, like, just, like, the way that we feel and the things, the thoughts that go through our head are changing every, every second every, you know, of every minute, like, it just, that's, that's just the way we're, we're sort of built. And you can succumb to that and get blown around, or you can actually Make conscious decisions. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily forsaking on these things. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with TV. No, you know, like I, like I've, I limit my TV watching, but do I feel like I'm actually, have I've actually cut it out? No, because I do enjoy it, and Mm -hmm. in fact, because I've done that exact thing of delegating time when I get to get to watch it or how much I get to watch right in any given day. Um, just, uh, well, I'll, I'll just, why not? I'll just share the whole thing. Sure. Um, you know, like I have like a day in the week where I get to watch as much TV as I want the rest of the week. It's one hour a day maximum. And a lot of times I don't even, I I'm not even watching any of it except one exception. You said, Oh yeah, sure. It, there's one exception, which is if, if I decide to watch a movie, which is like two hours, which is like a two hour thing. But the thing, and this is, you know, maybe that wouldn't necessarily work for all people right now. I'm finding that it works simply because like, well, I haven't actually done it yet. (laughs) You haven't watched a movie. I haven't actually watched a movie on my one hour days. Right. Um, but it's, if I do, it's going to be like a real choice on, on a film of some kind. Right. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, a lot of times I'm not even watching anything, but I did just like on this last day I watched like where I could watch as much as I wanted. I watched two movies, mm-hmm. I watched two movies this one afternoon. And I had absolutely no sense of, of guilt or anything about having done that, you know, because it was like, you know what, this was like, I've, I've stuck to what I said I was going to do throughout the, throughout the week. Right you know, and I've, and I've followed through with it. And this is my reward. Mm-hmm. You know, I get to do this. So I get to just chill out, watch Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> your choice, your, your last choice, which was, uh, kiss, 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 bang. kiss, kiss, bang, bang. And you
0: like it. Which,
1: which, yeah, I did love it. it was, I can't believe it's, it was the first time I saw it. I recommend that
0: movie. I recommended it to Evan. I yeah. loaned it to him and he, He watched it and enjoyed it. Fantastic. Um, great characters, well written. So I want to say another thing just on the topic of TV. It's a little bit different, but along this line is, um, there's a lot of times I'll talk to actors and filmmakers and screenwriters and, you know, people in the industry and they'll say, Oh, well, I watched a movie. I did some work or I watched these movies. I did work and I, and I think that there, there, there's something relevant about that, but you know, you i think you need to look at your movie watching or your content watching in various ways like did you watch it in a way like just to enjoy it like because you just wanted to sit back and enjoy this experience and that's one way in which you can watch a movie but if you watch all the movies that way You didn't really work as hard as you think you did because you need to watch a movie for you know how's the dialogue, how's the story structure, you know did you break down the scenes, did you look at the character struggle? Could if I asked you a a series of questions, you know about character, would you be able to answer them for me about a supporting character, about a small character that was only in a few scenes or one scene, you know would you be able to tell me about their struggle? And if you if you're not able to tell me that, you didn't really watch the movie. And so I think that you know, passive movie watching because it's, it's, is, is, is actually not work. Active movie watching is. So like, for example, you know, when I was, uh, when I was younger, I actually would go to Blockbuster. They used to have this deal where you could rent, was crazy. You could rent like 12 movies for like a week. And I would watch every single movie <laughs> within that week, if yeah. not before that. And I think one week I did like something crazy, like 18 or 24 movies or something. Like I just did back to back to back to back to movies, right? And every time I watched one of those movies, basically I found that if you watch three movies in a day and you just, you just watch, you're just watching them and you're trying to understand how they work, but you're trying to understand how they work you, your, my mind, what started to happen was an amazing experience. I almost feel like I was kind of indoctrinated into this understanding of film. I started to see the world as though it was a movie because I was watching the way everything was shot. I was watching the way it was done and it helped my mind kind of begin to see things in a way that I could break things down. I started, you watch that many movies in a row. I started to go, I just asked the question what 's the same about every single one of these movies, and what's different and Then I started to understand story structure because I started to see all the best movies had a certain consistency in story structure. watched them over and over and over, and I started to break things down and actually, one of the courses I teach now is based on the fact that i that i I figured out a structure that people can do consistently that will have great results. Of course, there's artistic variables within that. It's not just structure, but I think that when people are watching stuff, they need to be more active about how they're watching it. Ask yourself questions, look for things specifically. If you're just watching TV and you're watching some like, you know, sitcom, and you're just watching sitcom after sitcom after sitcom, and you're not even thinking and drinking your soda and eating your popcorn or chips or whatever the crap, you know, and that's all fine, but you're just watching out of pure enjoyment and you're not taking it in on a deeper level. You're just wasting your time. Well, I guess there's no time wasted, but you're not spending it very powerfully. But if you get active, then I think content watching can be, you know, and it's work, you know, it's, it's work. It takes, you know, investment, asking yourself questions, breaking things down, figuring them out. Yeah. Truly engaging with, with what it is that you're doing because yeah, it's,
1: you know, like there's nothing wrong with watching a movie for the pure, pure enjoyment purposes of it. But you know, if you're going to try and say that, you know, you did some work by watching a movie and, you know, maybe you were on your phone for part of it, you know, (laughs) missed a scene or two, but I picked it up, you know, I, I figured out what was going on like, yeah. well, okay. I mean, that's good enough for me. Is it good enough for you though? Is that a good, like the things you, there's, there's never any fooling yourself, you, you know? What? It's yeah. like,
0: don't, don't, don't try and fool yourself. Cause it's an impossible battle. You know, it's funny. I saw a post on Facebook the other day and someone had just completed their feature and they showed a few images of it and it said, uh, uh, hour and 30 minutes of footage, several months of pain. <laughs> to build it because they were editing it or whatever. Right. And I, and I thought, you know, that, that is how, you know, if you think about it, when you look at a movie, people did so much work to get it to that point. And then what ends up happening is audience members watch it and they go, Oh yeah. You know, they didn't really do a great performance or the lighting in that scene was like, whatever or whatever. And they, and it's like, the thing is, is if you think about all the things that came together to make that thing, you know, you can, I think there's so much available information out there that we just take it so for granted, and we don't really break it down. But you know, there's so much there. So like, even if you're like, if you were a comedian, for example, I, I still believe comedians are artists and whatnot. Why not watch all these other comedians break down what are they doing? That's consistent. How are their jokes working? What types of jokes are this person doing versus that person? You know, um, figuring out like how much what's the percentage of like voice work they do, like where they alter their voice or what are their like consistency with like, you know, a straightforward joke or how many story jokes are they telling? And if you looked at it that way and you asked yourself questions and really tried to figure it out, I believe you could actually break down a, 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 the ideal comedy skit, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. For yourself, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it's like, uh, it would be like any, like a a plot
1: structure. Sure. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, that's exactly what, what Plato did way back one, once when it was like, it it was a festival of plays Mm -hmm. and he would watch these plays and he tried to figure out what, why some of them were good and why some of them weren't, you know, it's like, you forget that, you know, there was a time when these sorts of things didn't exist, you know, these concepts didn't even exist. Yeah. You know? And it was just like, Oh, well there's these plays and they're being put up to like teach lessons and this and that. And some of them were probably kind of garbage, you know, like, and audiences were probably throwing stuff at them and <laughs> yeah. and whatnot. And, and he came up with the classic structure, which we still use today of, um, dilemma crisis decision and action resolution. Mm-hmm. That was like the, the basic thing that he saw was in all of those.
0: Mm. I don't know know how
1: Plato was feeling when he was going and doing all of that, but
0: there was a chance that he was not feeling like he was in a mood (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and he still
1: came up with that structure.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that's the thing is like, I think that's where, you know, I guess where things are coming down to a little bit is when you don't feel like doing anything, do something, get active, ask yourself questions, look into something that's important to you. And sometimes if you don't, if you're just not motivated to do any of that, do something simple, go for a walk, get a coffee, you know, have an ice cream cone, whatever the hell it is, you know, but just get out of wherever you're in, you know, and I think if you're not able to change your environment, you know, people could say, oh, well, you know, I'm stuck here, it's too cold, it's whatever, yeah, whatever thing they're saying, you know, get moving, do something, you know what I mean, just do something physical, you know, I find actually, you know, there's days actually where I remember when I was, I was working like 18 hour days and actually it was longer. I was barely sleeping at all. And I was fine with it. And I kept going and I was producing a lot. You know, sometimes I would just turn on the music and I just dance around my apartment and, you know, and just getting moving and like kind of, you know, whatever I started, it feels good. You know what I mean? It feels good to just get your body moving and it's, and it's kind of silly and, and whatever. And I think that There's a lot of times where we just don't give ourselves permission to do something that maybe you're you know your and your body like I don't know like when you feel stiff you've probably been sitting still too long you know you need to move your body's like no your body is giving you feedback you need to move you're you're in the same position too long and little adjustments do a little. But big adjustments, you know, getting your body going like that frees your whole body, gets your blood moving, gets oxygen moving through your body, all this, right? Yeah. And, and I think that's a great point. I mean, there's so many
1: things that can get you, that can get you out of it. And they're usually, and, and don't, don't judge it. You know, like if you have an idea to do something, then why not, why not just turn on some music and start dancing? Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't feel like, like, just like do something. Yeah. Like, be, and do it with the knowledge, knowing that not doing something is going to make it worse.
0: Yeah. You know, there's something you said earlier about the schedule thing. And I wanted to come back to that, which you said, why not do it now? You know, I should do that. Because you're like, why not do it now? And I think that that simple little thing is such good advice for, for it's a good reminder for me. It's good advice for everybody, but is like yeah, whatever you can do today, don't put it off till tomorrow. If you can do it right now, just do it. Because if everything you get off of your plate that you've been kind of wanting to do, once you're, once it's done, you're free of it, right? Um, There's a, one of the books that I read actually called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. There's a chapter in it. And he talks about how basically people, and I'm, I'm, I'm quoting this in my own way, but basically we drowned with unfinished business. We have all these things that are partially done or almost complete and we just don't follow through till the end. And they hang on our mind and they hang on our conscious and they're just, they're there weighing on us, drowning us. And he said, you know, and I thought this book was brilliant and I recommend it to anybody, but he said, just get stuff done. Just follow through all the way to the end, one after the other, and make sure it's fully complete because the moment's complete it's done. It's off your mind. It's off your plate. When you have this massive amount of to-do things, it's too much. And another thing, and I don't know if it was from this book or if I just got this advice from someone else, but it could have been, um, which is that don't make a massive to-do list either. You know, your to-do list my dad would say this too. He said, one, two, three, only three things. That's it. You get to do three things right now. And until those three things are done, don't move on and don't worry about anything other than those three and pick your most important three that you can do right now and get done that are, you know, uh, priority or whatever. And don't put anything else on your plate until those are done. And then you can move on to another three or whatever. But the thing is, is that I think what happens is people make these massive to-do lists and I know I've done this myself and you look at all this stuff you got to do and it's daunting. It's too much, you know, but you might have a massive to-do list, but pick three and that's it. And the rest can just sit. They're they're shelved until, until later, you know, that's great practical advice. Mm -hmm. That's really great practical advice. Yeah. It helped me a lot. That one. Yeah, Yeah.
1: no. And, and I mean, just to like to touch on, toward, to, you know, when I had decided to create, you know, sort of this schedule for myself sometime, I mean, you know, and it was, it was this thing I like, I I don't know why I was resisting it because I was, I'm like, okay, I should do this. And then like, it's literally, it's all written. Like this whole thought process was, is all written down somewhere where I was just like, oh, I should do that. Oh, well, why don't you just do that now? (laughs) I don't know. Okay. I guess I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, but there's like, there's this resistance to it and, and I'm not sure what it is exactly, but it was there and I just decided to go through and, and wrote this thing out. It didn't take me very long. And it actually, by the time the whole thing was done, like I was completely out of my funk. Yeah. You know, like I, I like I was totally out of it and I was like, okay, you know what? I've got this new thing of like a daily routine that like of things that I want to do for myself things that I want to do daily as a practice, because this is, you know, this is who I want to be. I want to do these things. And the thing is, is that like, I I didn't always get everything done every single day. You know, like I was, you know, of all the stuff I had put down, it's like, you know, it was reading, you know, it was like reading, writing, um, meditation, um, playing guitar, uh, exercising, right? Like I had these things that I just I want to do and I didn't all like some days I slipped up, you know, I let something go through. But it didn't it didn't stop me from picking up the next day, right? Like right. like this day I didn't get it all done. It's like and you know, like I'm I'm a little disappointed that I didn't, but tomorrow is a new day. To start all over again, right? And, and now it has become an ingrained thing. You know, you're going to slip, you're going to, you know, this is going to happen. You know, nobody's asking for perfection, you know, but the effort, the effort is what is what you need to, to be putting forth. Right. Mm -hmm. And now it is like every now and then maybe there are some things that I don't get done in my routine, which is since that original one become, become a little bit bigger. I've, I've flushed some of them out even more mm. than they were when I had first, first come up, but it was my starting point. Yeah. It was my starting point. And, and yeah, like it's like, and sometimes stuff does slip. I do let things still slip on occasion, but I don't beat myself up for it. I pick up the next day and I come back at it.
0: Yeah, that's good. I think, um, you know, for anyone who's starting with something like that, just pick, just pick one thing for starters and do that, you know, do that consistently, do that all the time, be persistent on it. Um, and then you can add complexity to it. But I also think like when you were listing off your thing, you listed out about five or six things there. And, um, you know, one thing that you might consider just something that popped in my mind was that maybe you would slip up on one or two or three of them. And the thing is, is that if you have them in a priority, if you know what your number one, number two, number three, like, for example, I know for me, my number one most important thing every single day before eating, before sleeping, before anything is writing. It's my number one, like, you know, basically like I will find a stone and a wall if I have to keep writing. Like I will not, nothing will get in the way of that in me. My number two is reading. And so those two I know are my top priority. And then sometimes I'll get a third slot and then fourth and a fifth. There's other things I'd like to keep up with, but I find that, you know, it's, a, it's a building a complexity, right? And like the, there's certain things in your, like, and I think like, as my dad would say that one, two, three thing, I think there's certain things where, you know, there's your no failure zone, like where you just, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter how tired you are, how hungry you are, who wants you who expects something of you, what you'll lose, you don't ever put anything before that. And if you can do one, that's amazing. If you can do two, it's really impressive. And I don't know if I've gotten to the point where I've gotten three, but if you can get to three, four, five things that you're doing like that, that where nothing will get in the way of that, that your day is coordinated around that, I think what ends up happening is I at least I found this for me with writing and reading, because no matter how how much of a funk I get into, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter if my my apartment's flooding, my my car's leaking, I don't have money or whatever, not getting paid. um, I'll never, never let anything get in the way of my writing and my reading. And I look at that, it's like a relation, it's the one relationship I have with myself, you know what I mean? And I think about that like, I think, you know, other people have complexities in their life. For example, they might have you know, some business to attend to or kids or wife or husband or, you know, whatever. And um, those can be a priority as well. But I think you need to look at like, okay, what are the things that I absolutely will do beyond a shadow of a doubt today? And then where am I trying to build myself where I can build things that I'll do beyond a shadow of a doubt? Because if you look at your failure points, right? If you don't fail on the things that are most important to you, that's a huge success in your day, no matter what happens, right? But if you fail on the things that are most important to you, I think that's where, you know, that's where we start to get a lower sense of value. And we start to, you know, I don't know, I think we we can really get stuck, you know what I mean? Getting in a a funky place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and valuing, valuing your time, Mm -hmm. you know, valuing
1: what you want, you know, is important to do as well. Like that's part of what I'm hearing and what in what you're talking about, like to valuing yourself enough to say, it's like, no, I'm going to take this time for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it no matter what at some point, you know, whether you have that, you know, scheduled for, you know, 8am in the morning, or you've got that scheduled for nine o'clock at night, you know, but yeah. you're going to, or if you, or if you can manage to just do it at some point during the day, right. However you choose to do it, But following through on it is saying that, like, I value, I value myself in
0: doing this. You know, and I I would say I, I was in a relationship once where the person I was with was competing with my writing. They were like, "Well, you always do that. You know, why can't you do this?" You know, and they were trying to put themselves as more important than it. And I, I, I wouldn't bow down to that. And I, what I realized in that process was that person actually taught me a really valuable lesson if you're with a really great partner, if you're with someone who truly supports you, they will not compete with the things that are most important to you. And they will not try to be that position because I think you're in a very unhealthy relationship. If you make that person the most important thing to you as though it has no relation to you, like sometimes people might make their partner, their most important thing, but they make your partner the most important thing because of how that relates to you. Because if you have no relationship with yourself, you become, you know, basically you're just a pylon. You're nothing. You don't mean anything. If you have no relationship to yourself and how you treat yourself, you're nothing. Some other person could come in and take your position and do everything you do because you don't mean anything to you, right? And you're going to have that relationship with yourself that you don't make time for you. And I think that, we spend a lot of our life, I think and we're, we're cultured into a world where, and this is part of the problem. I think, you know, why, why we don't want to do stuff when, when we don't feel like it is because we're cultured into a world where we're supposed to do things for everyone else to keep them happy. And we don't, and, and you're called selfish if you do something that builds you and keeps you happy and you put yourself first. But I've learned since that that's self-full, you know, and, and self-fulfilled is the only way that you can actually help and fulfill anyone else. If you're not even, if you can't even breathe, if you can't even take care of yourself, then, you know, everyone else, they're, they're, you're a liability. You're a liability to them. They have to take care of you. And eventually you're going to burn out and have a meltdown because you don't have anything to, that's self-sustaining. But I think that when we, when we have at least one thing in our life that we make the most important thing in the world. You know, I remember when I was younger, I was going through a lot of struggles, but acting, my acting and my relationship to my acting career was the most important thing to me in the world. And I will tell you, Evan, that got me through some hardships that I, you know, I don't even know, right? I don't even know how some people would have gotten through that, but I had that one thing and I felt fulfilled with that one thing. So no matter what, I would keep going. And it's not even the acting, it's just that I made something for me important. And so I think that that was actually important to you. That was actually important to me. Not because anybody else wanted me to, not because anyone else liked it. In fact, you know, if I was to talking to my parents at the time, they probably didn't like yeah. it, but you know what I mean? The thing is, it was important to me and it, it's irrelevant what it is. But I think that when we talk about, you know, anyone who's an artist or a creative, you're probably an artist or a creative because you went into that because that's so important to you. There's some reason, some some reason why you're drawn to that. And like, why keep subjugating that to everyone else in the world and everything else in the world that you're supposed to do, you know? Yeah. So I, I just think, you know, this, this thing is like, when you don't want to do anything, do something towards that, you know, just do something towards that at least. Yeah. Because yeah,
1: yeah, like do things, do things that enrich you, you know, that's, that's, that's always been something that I've, I've, I've tried to do. Mm Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's, I, I think a lot of how I came up with some of like my own routine, my daily routines was like, what are the things that enrich me? Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that is reading, writing, meditation, playing guitar, you know, or sometimes like really like last night I, um, I, uh, I have, I have a vinyl player. I've got a turntable for, <laughs> for <laughs> all you, for all yeah, for all, <laughs> you, for all you, for all you vinyl heads out there. Um, and I was listening to, uh, I threw on Led Zeppelin just on to the, uh, on there it was, I think Led Zeppelin three, or Led Zeppelin four. Oh, uh, someone will just absolutely murder me for this. But anyhow, <laughs> I was just like, and I threw some headphones on and it's like, and I just like, I really listened to it. Like really like not just background, like really just like focused on it and listened to everything that was going on. And I was like, Oh my God, I wish I did this more often, hmm. you know, cause it's such an enriching experience for me. Like it, it, it got my mind working in a way that I don't have very often. So I was just like, I've got to actually make, start carving out more time for myself to do something like this, you know, but like, that's, that's what I mean. Like when, like just everything like create sort of a, your, your, your daily rituals, your daily routine should be, should be almost a sacred space. Mm. Like that's how you almost, I, th- I think you need to treat it. You need to treat it as something that's sacred,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because this is the thing that's making you hopefully a better person, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of what you want to be.
0: Yeah. You know, you're, you're, your skills are built over time by working at them and practicing. And, uh, you know, you're, you're just, I think, um, you know, I, I would say that uh, he, uh, every person at some point or another, if not currently we, has struggled with not feeling valuable, not feeling important, not feeling special or lovable or a train, <laughs> a very loud train, a loud train. Um, And, uh, anyway, um, you know, so everybody's, everybody has this, (laughs) I feel like I should swear during that time, you know, like it's like, or make it sound
1: like you're about to like just drop some. Yeah. Um,
0: but anyway, I think, so there's ways in which we need to, we need to build our, this is funny. (laughs) We need to build our, (laughs) It just doesn't want you... I it know. It doesn't know. want you to do it, Brandon, whatever you're about You know to what would be really funny? If people on the podcast couldn't hear it, and only we could... And they're like, oh, what are the hell are those guys what talking the, what about? What the hell are they going on about? <laughs> really good beer. Guys, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> so anyhow, mm. seems like you're safe. Okay, I think so. Um, so, I would say that, you know, we all have this struggle. We all have this struggle with not feeling good enough, not being lovable, not being valuable, you name it. We all have this, you know, challenge with, you know, what are we worth? And I think that sometimes people try to cover that with arrogance and like a false sense of pride and imagery and things like that, so they can go, "Oh, I don't I don't feel like that. You never have, blah blah blah." That's <laughs> a lie. Because the thing is is that you, you know, it's it, that saying is really true. The brighter the light, the darker the or the the darker the shadow, you know? and it's true, you know, like the better, the more confident somebody is, the more valuable someone truly authentically feels, they, the, the more they had to feel worthless or nothing. Cause you need to experience the extreme of the other side to understand the, the pinnacle of what it means to be on the other side. And that takes risk that takes venturing in and like looking at that. So someone actually, who's been really depressed, actually, in in my opinion, has a lot of hope in the sense that they could actually rise above and become a shining light beyond what most people are capable of. The question is, will they step out of their darkness and into their light? Will they rise back up to, or will they... Or will they stay in this inertia of this defeated depression feeling? You know what I mean? Like I think about right now with all the struggles that I've been facing in this last few weeks, which has just been kind of life has been throwing me this interesting thing. And I think, well, how much is this enriching me for where I'm about to go? Because, you know, like for example, and you know this about me, like I'm about to step into a bunch of money. So that's really nice. But the thing is, is how great is it that I have to experience not having any money for a little bit? Cause that's the only way I'm really going to appreciate when the money actually comes. If it's very like middle of the road, everything's comfortable and you just have everything all the time and everything's, you know, a little bit better is just a little bit better. You know what I mean? So my, my point is, is that when we don't want to show up when we don't want to do the thing, like, I think if we look at that as an opportunity, this is an opportunity for me actually to really appreciate where I'm about to go. I need to experience this pain so I can something, you know, they always say that something good's about to happen when, you know, you're going down kind of a a dark road, you know, like, or there's a chance. Yeah. Or there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and the thing is, it's like, but the other, on the flip side of this, it's like, you know, when all, all of those good things come to you, it's not going to, it's not going to change sort of the way that you are. No, it's not going to change how you go about, you know, with your writing and your reading every day and how you go about with your, with your classes and how you go about like you're, you're going to continue despite rain or shine, as they say, rain or shine, like you're there.
0: Yeah. You know, we talked about this actually before we stepped onto the podcast, but about how, you know, there's, and I used to think this when I was younger, and I know this, but is that when I get here, when I get to this place, it's going to be different. I'm going to feel great. I'm going to feel good. And I think that that's an illusion. You know, um, you know, it's always relative. Wherever you are, there's always somewhere else you want to be. There's always somewhere else to get to. And if there isn't, there's a problem. Because you you always need to have that dream and that vision and that ideal and that place to go. And the moment you reach one vision or ideal or place that you thought was the pinnacle, another one will appear. And I think that you you as it's, it's cliche and silly as it sounds, you really got to enjoy the process right now. And you got to be like, how I'm going to show up, you know, and not make it based on whether I'm succeeding or not succeeding. You know what I mean? Because everything I realized too, could all be taken away, yeah. you know? And I have had that experience where, you know, i felt on top of the world and I, you know, I had my show, I had my things, I had, you know, I had my relationship, I had all the stuff and it seemed like the world was, you know, and all that stuff can be taken away. You know, and I experienced a lot of that and who's left is me. And whether that's there or not there, if I base my experience on that, you know, now you're trying to spend your whole life recreating something that, you know, or whatever, you know, but I think when, when you, when you lose things that are important to you, you, or I don't even know if you lose anything, but when you experience that loss, you know, you, at least I found that you have a new appreciation for it when you get it back. And I say when, because if you have that will, it's like, oh no, okay, when I get it back this time I'll really see what I had. But I mean, who's not gonna go through their life at some point and take something for granted? You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, there's things that are just constant in our life that just seem like, Oh yeah, I'll have this forever. You know, like my youth or my health or the ability to walk. You know, every everybody just like you know, for the most part, most people just think, Oh, I'll just have this for the rest of my life. But you know what? An accident could happen. You might never be able to walk again. You know, you lose people actually, uh, um, someone I know um, just passed away the other day, you know, 40 years old, passed away in the, in their sleep. You know what I mean? And it's like, and you just think, well, you know, you, there's people in your life who you just assume are going to be there forever. And they just seem like, you know, and they seem over there, not old enough to go away. And in a, in an instant, it can happen. You know, and I think that all of this is kind of about this moment, right? Like when you, when you, when you don't take for granted all this stuff, not wanting to do something in the moment when you, when you're kind of a, in gratitude, when you're grateful and you think, "Wow, these things I have right now are pretty amazing. There is a, there is a more willingness, at least for me, I find to take action than if I take everything for granted and I just think, oh, this will just be here forever.
1: You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, every human being on the planet is, you know, is like that, you know, at some point or another, like you said that you've never taken anything for granted. I would say that that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, 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 read, um, Nick Offerman's, uh, book, paddle your own canoe, mm-hmm. which is a terrific read by the way. Um, but he, had this one story about how after he, um, because he's married to uh, Megan Mullally, uh, actress from Will and Grace, not Deborah Messing, of course, but the other one, Ma- the other one, <laughs> Megan Mullally, who's a brilliantly funny woman. Anyhow, he was talking about how, you know, he'd moved out to California from Chicago and, you know, he's married to her and, and he wasn't really doing anything at the time. You know, he was an actor who was getting little parts here and there, but. Not doing, doing much else, and she had already had a pretty established career by this point. So he's moved, you know, moved in with her. They're living in this beautiful house. And he's talking about this one day, like you know, he came home from like an audition or something like that, and he just went and he and he like smoked a joint and sat like in the pool, like in a like a lounge chair in the pool, and just like, oh man, like life is so amazing, and he just but that only lasts for so long. He's lying there and he's like, yeah, this is great. Like, this is like everything that he could have ever wanted. But now that he's got it, what else? Hmm. You know, like, and you can't, you can't just, yeah, like there's no, there's no getting to some place and then that's just it.
0: Yeah. Like that doesn't, it doesn't exist your perspective changes too, as you, you know, as you get older. So, I mean, I think that, um, what you're happy with or what you're content with when you're younger is, is one thing, but as you get older, I, th- and I think this is a good thing. I think this is a healthy thing is your taste matures and your, your appreciation for things can alter, you know, like you, when you're younger, for example, you know, you might be more about when it comes to relationships, more about the physical, you know, more about beauty, more about, you know, superficial things. But as you get older, you start to realize, you know, conversations matter more The the fact that this person will show up when I need them to show up, you know, that, um, you know, on those days where I experience something really hard, you know, someone will actually be there and actually really care. Those things, I think, start to matter more as you get older. And I think that, you know, you, you're, you're, the one, the goals that you have right now are only temporary goals for, you know, they're, everything's leading you somewhere else and you might not see where the ultimate goal is leading you. But I think that if you shortchange yourself in what you want right now, you pay for it later down the road because you never really went for it. And you're always going to look back at that time in your life and say, well, I never went for that when I wanted it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and you know I think that sometimes you know I've run into people where it's almost like who was it I think it was Muhammad Ali or someone that said like if you haven't if you haven't changed if you or if you're 40 and you still feel like you're 20 you wasted your life or something like that you know and it's like I'm not and I don't think the saying is like don't feel like you're still young but you know when you, when you when you mature you, you know, there's certain things and you won't mature. If you don't go for it in life, you'll kind of, you'll be immature later in life because you'll be caught in the past of things that you never completed, you know, and it's harder, like it's harder to move forward and try to do stuff. And I think we're all a little guilty of this. But I think that you know it's like whatever. Today's the first day of the rest of your life. Just go for it. You know, you might as well just go for it because you're going to experience something and find out who you are. You're going to open the door to new possibilities that you never knew existed. And maybe your reason why you don't want to get up and I'm you know, I think I'm saying this as much to myself as anybody else as you, but is maybe the reason why I don't want to get up is just because I'm scared of what will happen if I actually do the thing that I that I want to do. You know, and I know sometimes people say like, oh, well, I don't, I don't know about this whole fear of success. Success can be really scary sometimes, you know, because it, there's a, there's a certain, there's a certain thing they don't talk about when you succeed. When you succeed, you actually have to let go of something. You have to let go of what you had. And sometimes people don't realize this. And I've definitely experienced this in my own life is that success means letting go of something you really like right now. For example, growing as a person, evolving as a person, succeeding, making a lot of money might expose that the friends you have right now are not as true as you believed when you were hanging out there in your ignorance and your success brought that to light or your growth as a person, your evolution of the way you think might not be the same as the people you're around or it might not allow you to be as comfortable or for example if you were an actor and you became super famous all of a sudden and now everybody's watching you you know your ability to kind of like go outside and not dress well or you know wear your hair well and stuff that will be picked apart you know there's things that you have to give up with success and I think people don't like to talk about that they like to talk about all the things they'll get but I think sometimes we don't do the things we need to do because we're just scared of letting go this inertia of what we do have right now. Yeah. forget, or, or, you know, of the unknown. Sure. You know, of what that
1: all will entail, you know, or that, you know, there's going to be all of these things that are, that are on you now and that you have to be some sort of a thing. It's just like, well, I don't know, not really. I mean, if you're continuing to do the same things that you've always been doing, like we're, like we've been talking about the things that we, have said are important to us, that mean something to us personally. And, you know, maybe this is a good time to like start wrapping this, this one up. But, you know, for me in this whole, this whole conversation, it's been a very interesting conversation that we've been having. Um, It's, it's don't lose, don't lose sight of the things that really matter. You know, don't lose sight of those things. I mean, it's, it's, it's the easy choice to, to put those things off. Yeah. It's extraordinarily easy, but you, you, you're going to, you pay for it somehow ultimately. So keep doing the things that matter to you that, you know, matter to you through thick and thin through the rain or the shine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I would say, uh, and you know, I, I second that note and to further that, I would say pick, you know, three things that are the most important things to you in the world do those every day, no matter what, no excuses, you know, nothing, you know, and those, those are things that are unbendable and breakable. They're your, you know, they're you, they're what you stand for, they're what you're building in your life. And I think that, you know, always feel like you're progressing somehow in that. And, and just to further that, you know, about not losing the things that are most important to you, don't think about it so much, just do it. You know? And literally just go and do it. Even if you're if you're sitting in bed, if you're if you're stuck, if you're whatever, go out and do something. Get active. Just do something right now. And the first thought that comes to your mind, maybe I should do this, don't even doubt it. Don't even ask it. Just go and do it. Unless it's destructive or gonna hurt you or hurt someone else. If it's really not gonna do that, just do it right now. Yeah. Right now. Don't wait till tomorrow. No tomorrow. No later, no whatever. And this will get you moving. Cause I think from moving from neutral, the first gear is the hardest thing yeah. for all of us. And I mean, and yeah, you create your own inertia, yeah.
1: whether that's, that's sitting still or moving forward or moving back, you yeah. know, like you, you create, you can create all of those situations yourself. Mm-hmm. No
0: one else is going to do that for you. Mm-hmm. So, and there's nothing wrong with moving backwards in a sense either. You know what I mean? No. Sometimes it's better to just move than to be stuck. Like, even if you feel like I'm going to do something that's going to take away or move me away from what I want, you know, maybe just do that because not moving is like probably the worst.
1: Yeah. And I, 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 one of, uh, the great quotes I remember from, from one of Dan Millman's books, he says, uh, sometimes you take a few steps back so you can get a running start. Hmm.
0: I think that's very and true. Sometimes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes that's true. Yeah. Feels like you're moving backwards, but you're about to launch yourself and propel yourself. Just keep, yeah, just keep doing those things. Yeah. Keep doing those things. And if you miss, and if you miss on one, guess what? Tomorrow's a new day mm-hmm. to get back on track. You don't like, there's, there's no, people rarely ever fail. They only give up.
0: Yes. So don't give up. Yeah, don't give up. You know, okay. One last thing. All right, (laughs) that's fine. Yeah, one last thing. Because your Dan Millman quote was good, Um, but uh, also, you know, Tony Robbins points out this thing where he says, you know, he says we use metaphors to try and understand our life. So it's like I feel like I'm up against a wall right now. I feel like I can't, you know, I can't get through it. And he'd say, well, just reframe it. Reframe the metaphor. Okay. So go around it, break through it, dig under it, climb over it. Look at the metaphor in a new way. Take a few steps back and run at it. Find a new wall, you know, get rid of this stupid wall. Maybe, you know, don't go that way, but reframe the metaphor in what you frame your life in. And like, I think part of the not moving is probably part to do with the metaphor that you have in your life. Like, why aren't you not moving? You know, like, what do you think's in your way? Or what do you think stopping you? how are you framing that? And you're going to behave according to that memo. Uh, so just come up with a new one, you know, come up with like, you know, does this wall go forever? You know what I mean? Like if you want to look at it that way, then yeah, that's going to be your experience. But you know what, it's like, I'm just going to, you know what, I'm just going to shuffle sideways until I find the end of this (laughs) wall. I'm going to go around it. You know what I mean? Like, or whatever. I'm going to get some people to help me climb it. I don't know whatever you got to do. Right. But I think that, um, I think if we start to look at how we can, we can take action, today, now, whatever. Uh, Yeah. All this stuff can be solved. Absolutely. Cool. This is a good one. All right. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. All right. Well,
1: until next time, until next time, we're Brandon and Evan, and this is our show. (laughs)